0: A Phenomenal Woman, we define her by her character, her demeanor, the way she carries herself, even when she thinks no one is watching. It's an individual grace, her inner beauty that shines through to her outer beauty. Maya Angelou, a Phenomenal Woman in all definitions of the word, she exuded Phenomenal. And today on this podcast, I share her story. It's quarter miles travel, where the adventure begins when you reach into your pocket. There's a story behind every quarter design. A story that can take you on an adventure of your own, from one of a kind landmarks to hometown heroes. Start your journey with Anita, one quarter mile at a time. their actions. Maya Angelou was a woman of both. Her elegant words inspired us and her actions changed lives and pushed the movement forward. On the first American Woman series of the U.S. Mint commemorative quarters is Dr. Maya Angelou. She is on the reverse side, or we also call it the tail side, of the quarter with her arms reaching up to the rising sun behind her, and there's a bird in flight inspired by her poetry and symbolic of the way that she lived. This is the image designed on the first of this series of quarters, starting with a phenomenal woman who has inspired not only the women here in the United States, but inspired women all around the world. She was a poet, an author, a motivational speaker, a civil rights activist, a songwriter, a dancer, a singer, a playwright, a stage producer, a director, a historian, and a mentor to many. So how much do you know about this phenomenal woman who in her 86 years of life accomplished so many extraordinary things? Dr. Angela was born Marguerite Johnson in St. Louis, Missouri on April 4th, 1928. Her parents divorced when she was just three years old and she and her brother, Bailey, went to live with her grandmother in Stamps, Arkansas, which she speaks of as being terribly hurt, yet vastly loved while she lived there. Now, when she was not yet even eight years old, she was raped by her mother's boyfriend and told of it, after which she was murdered, and the traumatic event left her feeling responsible for speaking the truth about what had happened to her. She was frightened by the power of her own words, and Angelo chose to not speak for the next five years except to her brother Bailey. She once said that I felt as if I talked to anyone else, that person would die too. During the time that she was mute, she read every book at the Black School Library and every book that she could get her hands on from the White School Library. From this exploration of literature, she developed a love for poetry and she memorized the works of greats like Shakespeare, Edgar Allan Poe, and Langston Hughes. So you know when she started talking, she would have a lot to say. And you can see how this would inspire her to have a love of writing poetry and sharing stories all throughout her life. She's best known for several autobiographical books, Mom and Me and Mom, Letters to My Daughter, All God's children need traveling shoes. The heart of a woman singing and swinging and getting merry like Christmas. Gather together in my name. And my favorite, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. And she was nominated for the National Book Award for this book. And this book is the one that introduced me to Dr. Angela. A little known fact about I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings is that Dr. Angela actually wrote this book on a dare. In the late 60s, she was producing TV series for PBS, but she went out to dinner with her friend James Baldwin and cartoonist Jules Pfeiffer and his wife Judy. The three of them were all great talkers and she was trying to get her story in. And when she did, the next day, Judy Pfeiffer told Bob Loomis, an editor at Random House, that he needed to get to know Angelo and have her write her autobiography. Oh, well, maybe she wasn't going to have any of that. But James Baldwin knew exactly what it would take to get her to say yes. He told him that when he called her, to tempt her a little bit to get her to write it. And what he said when he called was, Miss Angelo, I won't bother you again. It's just as well that you don't attempt to write this book because to write an autobiography as literature is almost impossible. And what she said was, What are you talking about? I'll do it. She liked that challenge. She loved the challenge, and she took that one, which became one of her greatest books. And her poetry. Her many volumes of poetry are shared and quoted to inspire people every day. Her words have given guidance to those who need to maybe regain their way, and also those who need a little hope, a little joy, to bring the sunshine into their lives. Her words of wisdom have always been a guidance and an inspiration to all people. She's greatly known for that, and quite often quoted. The poetry such as a brave and startling truth, wouldn't take nothing for my journey now, which is a book of meditations. I shall not be moved, and Shaker, why don't you sing? Oh, pray my wings are gonna fit me well. Just give me a cool drink of water before I die, which was also nominated for the Pulitzer Prize. She also wrote several children's books, My Painted House, my Friendly Chicken and Me, Life Doesn't Frighten Me, and Maya's World Series, which was published in 2004 through 2005, featuring stories for children from around the world. Maya Angelou's love of creative expression was not just with her words. Not only did words on paper bring her out of her silence and foster a love of reading poetry and stories, but she was also a young lady who loved to sing and dance. While living in San Francisco, she began taking dance lessons and eventually auditioning for the professional theater. At the age of 16, her plans were put on hold when she had a son and she moved to San Diego and worked as a nightclub waitress entangled with drugs and prostitution and danced in a strip club. Ironically, the strip club actually saved her career. She was discovered there by a theatrical group and it was as a dancer that she assumed her professional name where she studied with Martha Graham and Pearl Primus. When she moved to New York City in the late 1950s, Angela found encouragement for her literary talents at the Harlem Writers Guild. There she met and became part of a group of black literary greats. In 1961, she moved to Egypt, where she worked as an editor for the Arab Observer. Next, she headed over to Ghana, where while living there, a car accident severely injured her son. While caring for him in Ghana, she took a job at the African Review, where she stayed for several years and put off her plans to go to Liberia. While in Ghana, she met Malcolm X. She also became the assistant administrator at the University of Ghana School of Music and Drama, as well as a featured writer for the Ghanaian Times and the Ghanaian Broadcasting Company, where she also recorded public service announcements. While residing in Africa, she studied several languages, Fante, a West African language, French, Italian, Spanish, and Arabic. Her writing and personal development flourished under the African cultural renaissance that was taking place at the time. An account of her time in Ghana was featured in Essence magazine and was published in 1986 as All God's Children Need Traveling Shoes. Acting would be on the horizon for her too. She landed a featured role in a State Department-sponsored production of George Gershwin's opera, Porgy and Bess, touring some 22 countries in Europe and Africa. She also performed in Jean Jeanette's play, The Blacks. When she returned to California, she wrote Black, Blues, Black, which aired in 1968 in a 10-part television series about the role of African culture in American life. She became the first woman to have a screenplay produced as a feature film with her drama, Georgia, Georgia in 1972. Maya Angelou continued to perform in several movies, Poetic Justice in 1993, How to Make an American Quilt in 1995, and Roots in 1977, and Look Away in 1973, where she was nominated for a Tony Award. Her passion and love for the arts also took her to the director's role in Down in the Delta in 1998. While her creative artist life was fulfilled with many great opportunities and brilliant successes, she never lost sight of the needs of her community. In 1959, at the request of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., Angelo became the Northern coordinator for the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, where she raised money for them. She was drawn to his stance on nonviolence. That's what attracted her to work with him. And in 1974, she was appointed by Gerald Ford to the Bicentennial Commission and later by Jimmy Carter to the Commission for International Woman of the Year. President Clinton inspired us all by asking Dr. Angela to write and deliver a poem on the pulse of the morning at his inauguration. In 2000, she was awarded the National Merit of Arts and in 2010, President Obama awarded her the Presidential Medal of Freedom. She accepted a lifetime appointment in 1982 as Reynolds Professor of American Studies at Wake Forest University in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. She was the first black woman director in Hollywood. Angelo wrote, produced, directed, and starred in productions for stage, film, and television. She was both the author and executive producer of a five-part television miniseries, Three Way Choice. She also wrote and produced several prize-winning documentaries, including African Americans in the Arts, a PBS special for which she received the Golden Eagle Award, and Dr. Angelo was twice nominated for a Tony Award for acting, once for her Broadway debut in Look Away, and again for her performance in Roots. She celebrated the 50th anniversary of the United Nations in a poem, A Brave and Startling Truth. In 2013, she wrote a tribute to Nelson Mandela in the poem His Day is Done, which was commissioned by the U.S. State Department. Here are a couple of little-known facts about this phenomenal woman that you may or may not know. Her last name, Angelo? She married Tosh Angelo, who was a lover of literature, too. She was good friends with James Baldwin. When Dr. King was killed on her birthday on April 4th, Dr. Angelo said that was one of the most devastating days of her life. Did you know that she taught Calypso? to people that she met, and not only did she dance, but she also sang. She released an album, Miss Calypso, in 1957. She also performed at the Apollo Theater in New York City. And during her time living in Ghana, she drove a little white Fiat that she called her covered bicycle. Did you know that she was a streetcar conductor in San Francisco? The first black streetcar conductor, and she was just a teenager. Did you know that she worked with Nick Ashford and Valerie Simpson? And that she danced with Alvin Ailey. Because dancing and writing were two of her great loves. She won Grammys, yes Grammys, for the Spoken Word album in 1994, 1996, and 2003. And she was the first black woman in the Directors Guild of America. I have a personal story I want to share. It all began when I was a young girl. I wasn't even a teen yet, and I really didn't know very much about other people on the other side of the continent, how they live their lives, or or just how people even live right down the street from me. I wasn't really that familiar with it. I knew my family and the people who lived around the neighborhoods of my cousins who lived in Atlanta that I visited often. Uh, People near me like my aunt's house or my grandmother's house gave me a further insight into the lives outside of my own little world. Yet when I picked up the book, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings, my world and my heart opened to know more, to understand and to, to grow a bit. I wanted to never start reading her book. I wanted it to, to go on and on. I was fascinated, first of all, by the title. And that was when I first learned how words can tell stories even in how you use them. That words have power and can express thoughts and feelings and actions beyond what I had known. I also had the honor of meeting Dr. Angelo at a fundraiser in Atlanta during the time when I did a lot of political work. It was at the home of Alderman Marvin Arrington. And she sat and she talked, sharing her wisdom that only she could impart. And I told her then that I had read her book as a young girl and it had given me an outlook on people in their lives an outlook that said to me that we all live different lives, but there is so much that we have in common and that is what we should celebrate. I think she was pleased with that. Dr. Angelo died on May 28, 2014 in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. She was 86 years old. Dr. Angelo once said, your legacy is the lives that you touch. And I say, what a woman. And what a legacy. Information on today's podcast is provided by biography.com, mayaangelo.com, npr.org, women'shistory.org, and poets.org. If you'd like the opportunity to visit museums and locations where you can see and learn more about Dr. Angelo, the Smithsonian National Portrait Gallery in Washington, D.C., has a display of Dr. Angelo's portrait. The Museum of Tolerance in Los Angeles. Dr. Angelo's life journey is on display in an exhibit called Finding Our Families, Finding Ourselves. For more information on the American Women's U.S. Mint quarter series, visit their website, usmint.gov. Thanks for listening today. Now to make sure that you have the latest episodes of Quarter Miles Travel, hit that subscribe button And while you're at it, reach in your pocket and pull out a quarter. Flip it over, and quarter miles travel will take you from there. We'll help you change that quarter into an adventure.